Howdy folks, welcome back to World Sportsman Show. Today we are back at it, we got another weekly episode. You know, I promise more weekly content and with 4th of July coming up, a week with no lifting, I hope I can get some more of that out to you guys. This week we got some big tournament updates and then we will be breaking down my favorite lure of, I don't know, bass fishing all time. <laughs> That's what I'd consider that. Uh, I got a couple that I really like, this is number one on my list. So, you know, later in the winter, I promise, hey, I'm going to be talking about bass fishing a little bit too, along with walleye fishing. You know, walleye fishing has definitely taken the cake on the podcast so far. Um, if you just listened to my podcast and uh, didn't follow me on Instagram, you probably would think that I am just, you know, a walleye fishing maniac. Like, that's all I do. But no, I bass fish quite a bit, actually. Uh, it's pretty fun to do. I like tournaments, all that. So, speaking of tournaments. We have some updates for you guys. It was not a great week for me for the tournament scene. Um, Sunday, I woke up. It was really early. It was tough getting up. And, yeah, I had my brother's wedding the night before. Probably got home, I want to say one. I got home and went to bed. Probably got a solid two hours of sleep, maybe two and a half. And, um, yeah, we got in the car, headed up. I didn't sleep on the way there, which was really dumb of me, but hey, man. Uh, I'm usually not one for sleeping in cars unless, I, I guess there's a few exceptions to that. I'll sleep on buses, uh, like to and from sports, but, you know, on a car, or like we were in like an SUV, but like in an SUV on my way to a fish tournament, I'm too excited. I got the jitters, you know, I'm trying to go through every scenario in my head, trying to mentally prepare myself for what I'm about to see, you know. That, that's kind of what's going through my head before a tournament. I can't sleep before. I can sleep after, though. So that's, I guess, a little positive. I didn't sleep after because, no, probably because I'm dumb. <laughs> I, I should have. I should have really slept after. But enough about my sleep talk. How did I do in the tournament? Well, tournament results, we filled our bag. So we had a full bag, called out some fish. Uh, you know, we just never found size. You know, we had a kicker. We had a you know, really good kicker when we pre-fished it. And we probably had mm, two 17s during the tournament, so those were our biggest fish. That's not how you're going to win a tournament with 150 boats in it. That really, that's not how you do it. We probably finished uh, middle of the pack, and I would have really loved to have, you know, an 18, 19-inch kicker, if not 20. Uh, that would probably wouldn't help us too much, but, like, you know, a couple of those solid big fish, you know, in the four-pound range would have really helped us out. We found plenty of fish just not really sized so right away in the morning caught him on a chatterbait or at least i did uh but he's using a ned rig and he was doing pretty good but i was fishing a, a chatterbait i was kind of yo-yoing it so i was bringing it up letting it fall back down bringing it up letting it fall back down in some thick weeds and they were hitting on the fall you know i'd steady retrieve it and let it pause they were hitting it then uh yeah that was pretty fun right away in the morning and then i switched you know tried a little top water couldn't really get anything on the top water, so I went back to the chatterbait, and that time it was kind of dying down a little bit as far as chatterbait action was going, because it was uh, it wasn't as early in the morning. They weren't quite you know up shallow in those really thick weeds that we were fishing, so I switched out to the Ned Rig, a little smaller profile, uh, slowing down, fishing closer to the bottom, and that seemed to get some more bites. You know, we I think we probably we might have filled out our bags. We had a seven fish bag. We I don't think we filled that out. We had six by the time we left that first spot. Uh, it was 
you know, there we had some dinks in there, barely over whatever the limit was. I believe it was 12. We had a 12 and a quarter. The rest were like 13, 14, 15, and then I believe at that time we did have a 17. So we spent the rest of the day trying to call those out and uh, couldn't really make it happen. And, yeah, that's part of tournament fishing is, you know, we only really got one day out there to pre-fish. You know, the more you pre-fish, the better you're going to do, and that's with most tournaments. Uh, so you really find them pre-fishing, and you can usually find them pretty good in the tournament. And you know, I really wish I was one of those people that would have all the time in the world to go pre-fish. That would help me so much. Uh, that's why I'm looking forward to maybe going big time with tournament fishing and you know having those practice days built into the tournament, which, you know, obviously that's a long ways away. Uh, definitely not an irrational dream of mine, especially at this point. I... I you know, my understanding of fishing and what I need to do is pretty good. Uh, it's a matter of the preparation to do it right now, I'd say, in tournaments. Um, I, I'm pretty good at adapting. You know, I went to I went, I went to state off of a lake I've never fished before. I'd say adapting and understanding what's going on, I'm, I'm getting better at for sure. And I couldn't for the life of me find bigger fish on that lake. It was very frustrating. Uh, I could Hopefully I'd continue to get better at it. And, uh, yeah, when you can adapt fast to the conditions you're seeing, that's really what sets you apart in the tournament scene. So that kind of fast-forwards us to Monday. And Monday was a little easier getting up. I had took a nice nap the day before and had plenty of sleep. Uh, we headed up to the state tournament for the 2020 BASS season. We did bad. We probably caught 30 bass all day, guys. We were catching fish like crazy, tons of northerns. But we couldn't find anything over 12 to save our lives. We caught two over 12 all day. Um, very, very tough situation. You know, we found fish. We th kind of thought they were mixed in. So we kept fishing the same kind of water, kept catching fish. We we're like, we're bound to catch some nice fish eventually. And we never caught them. And uh, it was very tough. It was very, <laughs> it was very upsetting to me to go back to the dock without culling one fish, to go back without a full bag. And... Really, that's like my reputation right there. Oh, well, I don't really have a reputation. No, but they're like, who's this guy with a sweet mullet? Like, that's really what they're like. Um, but you know, it was it was very. Uh, I did not like the feeling of going back to Wayans without a full bag. It kind of hit me, you know, right in right in the heart. I'm like, ooh. Uh, I don't think I've ever had to do that before. It was um, a bad feeling. I I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I keep rambling about how much I didn't like it, but. I don't think words could describe what I was feeling. You know, we made it to the state tournament. Um, but one thing that did not help us with the state tournament is we did not pre-fish. Uh, I had a lot going up the week up until we could, you know, the tournament. And uh, my buddy never made it down to pre-fish. So we were both walking into a lake we had never been to before, making it very frustrating. Uh, you know, we had to learn on the spot. And we actually found out how the winners were fishing it. So, you know, let's say that the tournament down there in uh, a June of a future year, I'm, I know what I'm going to be trying first thing, you know, if we do get pre-fishing or during the tournament. Uh, I'm not going to say that here because, you know, obviously a lot of people are probably, I want to say a lot of people listen to this, but if you do listen to this and you were at that tournament and you couldn't find fish, you know, I don't want to be the guy who spills the secret of, you know, what uh, some people are telling me. Uh, that's that's poor competitiveness on my part <laughs> you know I'm always a nice guy I always like you know telling people how to or helping people catch fish but when it comes to tournaments I get pretty secretive I get pretty 
into it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm mean or I'm a dickhead, but I will definitely be competitive with it. I, I like competing. That's you know that's a joy of me for tournament fishing. I didn't know going into tournaments if I would love the competitiveness or it would tear me down and I would hate it. But I really I I like competing. Uh, I'm a laid back fisherman. So if I lose a really big fish during a tournament, I say, oh well, there you know there's the next one. And I know a lot of people they can't handle that. They'll lose their you know what they'll lose their crap. And that's not the case for me. That's even regular fishing. No no stress on the line. No title. No you know trophy you lose a big old walleye right next to the boat well it's fine i'll catch another one soon you know it really doesn't bother me i'm a really laid back kind of guy um if you couldn't tell uh if i came off otherwise now you know (laughs) so this kind of brings me into the you know what this whole podcast is going to be about the ned rig and i've been using the ned rig now probably four years the ned rig is one of the most versatile lures I've ever used it catches everything hold on let's tally how many species I've caught it's caught walleye crappie perch uh, sunfish largemouth smallmouth uh, silver pike northern pike I'm thinking of any others I feel like I'm missing something let's look at my fishes a Minnesota poster on the wall <laughs> oh boy Oh, it's caught a it's caught a carp. Gotta add that to the list. I want to say it's caught a sucker, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. And that's just in my boat. Oh, it's caught a rock bass too. Rock bass, God, I hate rock bass. They're so annoying. <laughs> um, I want to say they've caught a catfish too, but I'm not certain. So I'm not gonna mark it down. So those are two that I think catfish and suckers or two i think i might have seen caught but not sure so yeah that's 10 species that the ned rig has caught just with my own two eyes i've seen caught with the ned rig so the ned rig is a super versatile lure uh it can be used you know it's starting to be used as a walleye lure and i can definitely see why it's the a bait fish imitation you know it's very basic bait fish imitation but if you think about it a lot of fish have been biting up like five inch uh cylinders for a while like rubber cylinders so it really doesn't surprise me that they like the ned rig so to explain the ned rig it is a mushroom style jig head so you know the og ned rigs uh were used the the jig heads were a little more rounded they weren't meant to stand up the newer Ned Rigs that are designed straight for Ned Rigging have a little bit of a flat top on them. Still kind of rounded around the sides, but it's meant to sit on that flat top. So you're supposed to twitch it up and it should land right on that flat top. And there's a little stick bait on the back. Or you can put a craw, you know, a little bug. Um, I think they make little swim bait trailers for it too. I'm trying to think some more. Little, you know, just little... All sorts of worms and soft plastics. And really any shape you think of somebody's put on the back of a Ned Rig and caught fish on it. You know, a lot of people, there's controversy with the Ned Rig. That it's just a jig worm. Or it's, oh, it's this rig. Or, oh, it's that rig. Just kind of rebranded. Um, I think the Ned Rig is a little different just because of how it's fished. You know, a jig worm, you're doing big, long strokes. Trying to get that, usually use a curly tail. Trying to get that curly tail really going. Or that action on that worm. Um, but the Ned Rig, it's a little more twitchy style. You're kind of twitching. And it's kind of uh, 
dance a little bit down there, but you can really fish a Ned Rig any way. And I think the versatility of a Ned Rig kind of sets it apart away from my jig worm because it doesn't have to be a worm. Uh, so that's kind of the beauty of a Ned Rig. You can swim it. You can drag it along the bottom. You can hop it. You can, uh, you know, kind of flip and pitch with it. You can do a lot of things with the Ned Rig, and it catches fish. So you can get lots of numbers with the Ned Rig, and you can also get big fish. Some of my biggest fish I've caught on a Ned Rig. So I caught a, my BB, PB weight twice for a largemouth bass. Uh, one was on a Ned Rig, one was on a chatterbait. Uh, it goes to show, you know, the Ned Rig can catch big fish. I've caught multiple four-pounders. I'd go as far to say is I've caught probably just as many, if not more, four-pounders with the Ned Rig than any other bait combined in my tackle box. That's a statement and a half. I've only been using it for like four years, too. Uh, it's a phenomenal lure, very versatile, as I said <laughs> many times now. I just love it. I love how you can switch up the colors. Uh, you know, the jig head color is something you can always change the weight, so the fall rate. Um, you can change up the plastic you're using. So uh, the, the go-to for me for Ned Rigs are obviously Z-Man, Elastec. Some people will plug, um, you know, they'll put other brands on there, uh, regular plastic. They're not as durable. They're not float floaty. So the Elastec that Z-Man made is the perfect, and I want to stress, the perfect plastic for the Ned Rig. Reason one, it floats. So when the back end of that Ned Rig is floating or has buoyancy to it, that jig head, it makes it a lot easier for that jig head to stand straight up. So the Z-Man jig head too is also very important to me. It has a very light wire hook and it doesn't impede on that action of standing straight vertically. So the Z-Man elastic is also 10 times tough, which I've stretched a Z-Man TRD, which is their little stick bait for a Ned Rig, probably, I want to say, three feet probably three feet I've stretched them before it's insane and they will catch fish after fish after fish it is insane they probably I think we me and me uh, my dad counted one time he used the same net rig probably three three trips in a row and we counted he had caught a hundred fish on the same net rig you know some most of them were not small fish either it's crazy how durable those things are that's why if you ask me z-man is the ultimate uh the ultimate Ned Rig bait or Ned Rig worm. So I'm going to try to hold off on talking about certain brands, what they bring to the table until later in the episode. Uh, for now, let's talk about how it's fished. So now you kind of get a, a visual of what a Ned Rig is. Um, it's usually around a, a little shorter than a four inch profile. And it's, uh, you know, you kind of fish it slow. You can fish it fast. You can adjust your weight to fish it however you really want. You can swim in the water, all that. I think I talked about that. So my what I do with the Ned Rig the most, and I have fair, fairly good success with the Ned Rig, is it's kind of hard to do it wrong. That's my biggest thing with the Ned Rig. It's hard to do it wrong. Obviously, uh, casting it out there and getting snagged every cast would probably be doing it wrong, but <laughs> I've done that before. Taking like five casts, lost like four Ned Rigs. It was, you know, it's like, it's like, Dylan, do you learn ever? And the answer that day was, it was no. <laughs> it was no. But what I'm going to do when I'm fishing the Ned Rig is I'm going to cast it out there. Uh, you can uh, you can cast it on offshore weeds. You can cast it on drop-offs, drop points, um, docks, lily pads, on the edge or in the middle of anything. 
the one place okay i'm oh boy i'm gonna jump into the brand so there are many brands that make a ned rig hook that has a ewg style hook so what that means is you can rig it um weedless which is pretty big for fishing weeds a lot of times and i've if you ask me the best results for the ned rig hookup ratio comes on a regular straight shank hook so i'll talk about brands later of course but well, let me write down a reminder for myself ewg neds and i circle it for you guys so uh we're gonna talk about that later but i'm gonna cast it out there and you can cast this thing in i'd say if you have enough weight you could probably fish in about 30 to 40 feet of water actually the, the sky's the limit when it comes to this thing if they make a jig head big enough you can get it down there you're probably going to catch fish on it let's be real here so it's most commonly used between one foot and 15 feet of water but a lot of people are not patient they won't fish it deeper than 10 so use that to your advantage um they'll use bigger profiles heavier weights and if you can throw down a 16th or an eighth in you know let's say 15 feet of water Fish have never seen that slow of a fall rate, or more than likely have never seen that. So you get uh, that, that slow fall rate. So if you ask me, the ultimate Ned Rig weight is one-tenth ounce. I will often use a one-sixteenth ounce, whether I'm in a crick, um, I'm you know beating docks, really anything. That slower fall rate will trigger bites. So what I, the general rule of thumb is go with the lightest size you can get away with. When I say get away with, is that you can feel it, okay? It sinks fast enough for you, so you're not sitting there waiting hours for it to go down there. Um, and that's really the biggest thing, is that you can feel it and control it well. So if it's super windy, it's super deep, and you can't feel your bait, you are just SOL, because you need to go to a heavier size so you can feel it. Um, if you can't feel it, you can't really fish it too effectively. That's just my take on that one. Lights tend to be on the lighter side with a Ned Rig. Uh, not too hard to detect if you're using the right weight and you kind of know what you're feeling for. At first, it might be a little tricky. You'll get the hang of it. Everybody does. You know, you do something enough, you'll get hang of it. So what I'll do, let's say I'm fishing a, a docks. I'm fishing banks, which I do quite often. I'm going to be casting it by the dock pylons. So let's say there's some lily pads and then some docks. I'm going to be casting it by the deepest parts of the docks. That's just my preference on where I like to cast. If I'm beating docks with anything, that's where I like to cast. I'll cast it out there. Um, I'll let it hit the bottom, and I'll kind of raise my rod tip. So when you're feeling with a net rig, you want to use your rod tip. You don't want to be reeling in your line, kind of just, you know, using your reel to feel. You want to get the slack out of your line, put your rod tip down, get it like a, a semi-slack line, and just raise your rod tip until you can feel and then what I do is you can generally tell if there's a fish on there right there. Even with a little bit of slack in your line, you can usually feel with a fluorocarbon. We'll talk about that later too. Let's talk about this uh, gear setup after this. And I'm going to circle this one too. There. We're not going to miss that now. So what I am doing is I'm raising my rod tip up. And I'm gonna, if I'm not feeling anything, I'm going to twitch it once or twice. And what that's doing is that's making the net rig, the net rig hop one two and then if i'm the, i'm gonna do the same thing i'm gonna let it sit there for a little bit and if nothing i'm gonna raise my rod tip back up and if there's nothing i'm gonna do a bigger sweep so i'm probably gonna get most of the slack out of my line and i'm gonna kind of rip my rod tip up not really like rip it but like 
bring it up to move that Ned rig and cover some water with it. And if I'm fishing docks, I'm probably going to do that three times maybe, and I'm going to reel it in. If I'm fishing a big expansive weed bed where everything's good up to the boat, I'm going to fish it all the way to the boat. It might take a long time, but fishing slow gets big bites. It's happened many times where there's bites where fishing slow gets you that extra bite, and usually that extra bite that needs extra coaxing, you know, a lot of times it's those bigger fish. You know, they've seen them. They've been, they've been around the block. Let's let's say that they've been around the block. They've seen a lot of things, and it's taken a little extra to get them to bite. A little extra convincing. So, next we're gonna talk about my ideal gear setup. So, I forgot to mention there's no wrong way to fish a net rig. Actually, I don't think I forgot to mention that. You can cast it out there and swim back in. You know, you can just drag it on the bottom. So get your line semi-tight. Slowly raise your rod tip. Fish will bite it like that. You know, my buddy caught a um, really nice black smallmouth doing that. You know, a big, big rock flat. Uh, pretty much a gravel flat. He was just kind of dragging his net rig along. And that fish just absolutely hammered down on it. It was very cool to see. Cause I, pre I saw the bite happen. It was very, it was, it was sweet to say the least. And there's like, there's some there's some more ways you can fish it a little different. You can hop it, uh, you know. You can there you can do any motion you want. And sometimes you have to cater that motion to what the fish are telling you that day, as far as how active they are. So if they're you know being super active and they're just swinging at anything, you might have a little more luck fishing that Ned rig faster. And if they're being kind of lethargic, like this time of year, the fish are kind of settling down. It might take you a little bit. You might have to fish that bait a little slower. So that's just kind of the adjustments you have to make as an angler based on what you're seeing. You know, I can't I can't tell you guys, oh, this time of year, this water time, go this speed, this speed, and do exactly this because it changes for every scenario you're in. Water clarity. Um, this is generally a fairly clear water um, tactic. It can work in dirty water. You don't want to stick to those black and blues, June bug colors, the dark stuff. Um, big profile they can actually see it the shadow the the you know silhouette but generally a clear water technique so yeah that's really all i have to say about that and i'm sure if you're living down south it works year-round here in minnesota you fellows it only works nine months out of the year <laughs> actually probably less than that because you know we got ice on all the way through you know fishing opener when you can't even target them for that whole series season so i'd say seven months out of the year that thing will work uh tremendous tremendously oh my goodness i did say that very good um honestly if you fish that thing through the ice i'm sure you catch fish on it you catch bass on it because the net rig just it catches all man uh and the reason it catches all because what you're doing when you're fishing the net rig is you're imitating a bait fish uh that's how the guy who invented it obviously ned that's who he designed it to be it was it was that he wanted it to represent that bait fish that was kind of darting around in the water column and it was kind of just sitting there dying and he did that very well so uh that's why it's become such a popular walleye bait you know crappie bait you put a little smaller um worm on there that'd be a fantastic crappie bait it's like a little minnow buzzing around you know when you're using a little beetle spin for them crappies that's exactly what you're imitating. It's a little school of those small bait fish that they're just going to be gorging themselves on. It's uh, it's crazy. So the Ned Rig is very popular smallmouth bait lure, which is it makes sense to me. It makes sense. It's a smallmouth bite-sized snack. 
but the you could do some serious damage on largemouth with a net rig like I think on my Instagram alone I probably have three four four pound pluses or at least not maybe three to five four pound pluses that were all caught on the net rig like it is a fantastic largemouth bait as well as smallmouth bait of course but uh yeah it really catches all actually the professional walleye anglers that started using the net rig uh, I'm not sure how they're using it or what they're replacing it with but all I heard is they are starting to use it which very cool so uh yeah that's kind of what the Ned rig works on where it works and uh really how to fish it so next we're gonna talk about my gear setup let's start with a rod um pick your favorite rod really uh, i prefer a 6.6 i'm a short guy i feel like i can control a 6.6 really well i can cast accurately with it i've never had a rod over 6.6 in my life so i guess i might be missing out on something but it works for me. It works really well. Uh, the only thing I really complain about is casting distance. But that's not a reason for me to replace every rod in my arsenal. So, big 6.6 six guy. I really like it on a medium rod. Uh, some people use it on medium lights. Some people use it on medium heavies. It kind of depends on the cover you're fishing. So, if you're fishing an empty sand flat and you're going after smallmouth, you might want that, you know, medium light, that lighter rod that has that uh, that good backbone to really drive in those um, those hooks, but also have enough forgiveness in the tip to absorb those head shakes from a smallmouth. Let's say you're fishing docks or really weeds like I would do. Um, you know, maybe that medium is just right for you. And let's say you're fishing some heavier cover, medium heavy might be the move for you, but. Um, you can kind of cater your line and cater your rod choice to the situations you're in. So a safe bet for line for me is 10-pound fluorocarbon. And for a lot of people, that's pretty heavy. 8 is the perfect like Ned Rig line, if you ask me. Uh, heavy enough, you can kind of horse them out of there a little bit if you have to. But light enough where that ultra finesse presentation isn't hindered by the line or the fishing line. So with your rod you also want to keep into account like let's say you've got a medium light and you're fishing for a smallmouth you're going super finessey super slow it's okay to put four pound fluorocarbon on and really chase after those smallies because having that lighter line than anyone else gives you a big advantage at the end of the day they've seen fishing line they have and if they can't see it oh boy you better hang on to your rod and that's you know i really like downsizing on line uh, especially for like crick fishing or you know that ultra clear water ultra finesse presentation uh that's what i'm talking about old son <laughs> i've been saying that a lot you know i go that's what i'm talking about old son you know a little southern drawl from from uh my minnesotan you know my little minnesotan roots <laughs> it's pretty funny but you kind of cater the line to your uses and i think fluorocarbon is the perfect net rig line you want something that they that you, they can't see. So whether that be a braid to fluorocarbon leader, so be it. If that's what you like, go for it. I got a sneeze coming. You know that if that's what you like, uh, really, yeah, so be it. Uh, I'm a straight fluorocarbon big guy, and you know, I know there's a lot of people who disagree with me, but hey, that's okay. You fish while you like it. What I would not do is do a straight braid to your like straight Ned rig, although. Although I must add this, if it is eight pounds or less, I think you get away with it because it has a super small diameter, very hard for those fish to see. But personally, just that straight braid feel is is 
as much handy as it would be, it's not really for me. Um, I never really tried it. I never really have interest in it. That fluorocarbon works great. One line you probably would not want to use unless you're on a budget is mono. The stretch in mono makes it hard to feel those subtle differences when you're feeling for bites. And also that stretch when you are fighting fish. Um, nah, I just stay away from mono. I didn't, don't touch it like ever. Uh, unless it's really for top water. Maybe I'll make an exception there. Even then, I usually go straight braid. That's just my thing. So, I forgot to mention what a bite feels like within Ned Rig. Uh, sometimes it could be your line getting tight and, you know, pretty much that fish setting the hook for you. Uh, other times it could feel like a, just a big wham, like, uh, like you just got slapped on the back with a ping pong paddle. But it's the end of your rod. Don't ask me what I, why I know what that feels like, but... <laughs> It doesn't feel good. It feels, I wouldn't say you feel the pain of it, but you feel like that impact, like the bam, you know, you feel that. That's one dead giveaway. And then the other is a tick, tick, tick. Um, not sure how fish really make that vibration on your line, but you get that. It's like a little tick, tick, tick. And then, you know, you, you reel in your slack, slam it. And there he is most times. Um, but yeah, the fluorocarbon braid really helps you feel out to make sure it's a bite. And also, uh, make sure you're not setting hooks on weeds. Although, if you are new to it, don't be afraid to set the hook. If anything feels different off, set the hook, man. Hooks are, hook sets are free. It's a very basic thing for me to say, but it's true. Um, you're not going to catch a fish if you don't set the hook on it. Let's, let's be real here. That's that's the basic that, and that's the logic behind that. Who cares what other people think about you when you're fishing? Just go out and do it to the best ability you can, and... Keep learning, you know, always be have that open mind, I'm going to learn how to do this today, and that, um, so yeah, that kind of brings me, so we talked about rod, uh, line, so reels really, use any reel you want, I do not go over 2500, you know, that's too much line, especially for this finesse presentation, if it was up to me, I'd use a 20, uh, I don't really have 20, 20s on my bass stuff, but if it, I could, just have a setup just for Ned Riggin. I would have a 20 on it or 2000, whatever you're used to, whatever brand you're using. For one reason is it's lighter and having that lighter reel really helps you feel a little bit better uh, when it comes down to, you know, fishing the Ned Rig. So let's talk about tackle. Um, so we're talking about different brands of jig heads and worms or any bait. So. First, talk about hooks. So there's a straight Z-Man. Um, they call it the Pro Finesse Shrooms, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but I stock up on those every time I see them. I always buy one, at least one pack when I go to the store, it seems like. But yeah, like I said, the one-tenth ounce is my absolute go-to. Uh, the 15th is a very good option if you're fishing a little shallower or want that slower fall rate. And anything deeper than, I'd say, 15 feet for me. I'm fishing a fifther, uh, which is a big weight for that little net rig, but you know it's it's what you got to do. And uh, yeah, they make very good stuff. Their hooks are very light wire, so you can't be too aggressive with their hooks when it comes to unhooking fish. Uh, they can withstand a good hook set. They they can they're fine with that. Um, the light hook it punctures a lot easier, so you don't have to set the hook quite as hard. I still give them a good little pop. Uh, you don't have to slam it like you would with a jig or anything like that because that light wire is just going to pop right through. 
and that's that's the beauty of that light wire hook. It doesn't hinder the action, and it doesn't really get the bait off balance. Um, yeah, that's the light wire hook. Really like that design. Next up, we got the VMC. Um, they call it half moon jig, or they have a finesse half moon jig. The half moon jig I do not like. Uh, it's just kind of the the bait keepers on it weird. The jig head is weird. Um, not a big fan. But the finesse shrooms jig head is crazy. Like I really like it. The hook's a little thicker. Um, the jig head itself is looks a little different. It's designed a little different. But I really like it. Um, it, it's a great substitute. I get discounts on VMC, so I'm like, hey, let's save a little bit of money. Let's use these. And honestly, if I'm not fishing a tournament, I'll use those about 100% of the time. Uh, really, that's that's about it for me. Uh, yeah, that's those are the two really ones I use. Uh, those are the regular straight shake hooks. You know, everybody has their Ned Rig hook, and I'm sure you'll find pros and cons in each of them. Those are the two I use. Those are the two I can speak to when it comes to straight straight, <laughs> straight shank hooks. Um, yeah, that. Those are my, my two go-tos. If I'm fishing a tournament, I have a lot more confidence in that Z-Man jig head design and everything about it. So that's what I go with. But if I'm, you know, like I said, fun fishing, that VMC one, that finesse one is coming out. Unless I want to get rid of those half, half like the straight half moon ones, not the finesse ones. Then I'll fish just the straight ones. But uh, I like the finesse ones a lot. Next up, we got the EWG Neds. And so... There have been a couple companies coming out with their EWG Neds, uh, which is a you know, a wide gap, weedless um, Texas rigging hook on your jig head, and I really like these. I like these a lot, but I don't seem to always have the best luck on them. Um, don't get me wrong, I, I really like them. I would use them a lot more, but they're so gosh dang expensive. That's probably why I like straight shank hook more. It's more available. It's easier to use and it's a little bit cheaper. So, these EWG Neds are, they're made by, I think Z-Man made one, I think. I really hope uh, for Apple or VMC is making one soon. Lifted Jigs makes one. That's the first one that really caught my eye. Uh, those are the ones I've used before I can speak. Lifted Jigs, their EWG Neds are insane. If EWG, <laughs> if, if lifted, lifted Jigs is listening to this, uh, you guys should send me a DM on Instagram at Dylan Welly Fishing because I love your EWG Neds. Send me some. I'll I'll, set, I'll post all sorts of pictures with them. I swear. Um, but yeah, I really like their EWG Neds. You know, nice nice light hook, uh, quality jig head, and it works. It looks just like the Z-Man uh, jig head design. It's just got that nice EWG one uh, thin you know light wire uh, light wire hook on the back of it they work really well I really like them they got all sorts of colors and I'm sure I'm missing some EWG Neds uh, there's a whole bunch of companies that make theirs so let's take a quick Google search I should have this pulled up beforehand but this just came to the top of my head search up who else who else makes EWG Neds lifted jigs uh, more lifted jigs okay oh yeah Z-Man just came out with a new one um, I think that's it. And then there's some other, you know, off-brand companies making their EWG Neds. But that EWG Ned, uh, very handy for thick cover. It's really, I, I use it all, all the time. Um, but 
mostly for weeds. Uh, if, if I'm not around weeds or thick cover, I won't use it. Uh, that's just kind of my preference. You do you. You find what works out for you. So, I think that kind of wraps up. Oh, Shields Outfitters makes one. Holy moly. Big Bite Baits makes one. I don't like Big Bites Baits that much. Uh, Flatlands Custom. Yeah, that's enough of that. Kind of see who makes them. They're in the market. Uh, they're not that available, though. You go to your local Shields, maybe they'll have some of their own brand. But, uh, yeah, like they're not going to have lifted jigs in stock. Like, I don't think they even handle lifted jigs at all. Uh, but, yeah, that, those are kind of the, the main things about the Ned Rig. Now let's talk about the lures. So, it seems like everybody has a Ned Rig soft plastic these days. You know, every big company, they're all like, oh, you know, this is my, uh, for example, my Ned Dinger. Or, oh, for example, this is my Ned Head or my uh, X-Zone Ned uh what do they call that thing? It's a Ned something. Um, anyhow, really the OGs, the man, it's very tough to beat. The flotation, the 10 times tough, and then like overall the color selection is so hard to beat. Uh, I don't even try to find anything better. You hit the spot, Z-Man hit the spot. Yeah, they might be expensive, but yeah, you're going to catch probably, I'd say, I'd, be, I'd reckon you're going to catch almost, I uh, say, 20 times as many fish on one like Z-Man plastic than you will on a regular soft plastic. Like they are insanely tough. Then their that the technology is crazy. Pro tip: Don't leave your Z-Man uh, plastics out in the hot sun. That is their one downside. They are amazing uh, in almost every way, but they you know they melt and if they have direct line of contact with the sun. They turn into a big goop of plastic very fast and keep them in the original packaging. If you take them out, they will melt together. Uh, keep them in the original packaging. Keep them in clamshells if they have them. Otherwise, you're going to get deformed baits that are melted together. You don't want that. You don't want you want good quality baits. Let's say it's the biggest downside of Z-Man, but it's not that big of a downfall at all around here. You know, you keep them in your tackle bag. They're not going bad. Um, yeah, so it's something to keep in the back of your mind. But it seems like every company is trying to make a Ned plastic, whether it be you know, a craw, a bug, a worm. Everybody's making their Ned stuff. And really, if you ask me, if it's not elastic, I am not going to be using it or throwing it um, for all the reasons I've said before. When it comes to craws on the back of Ned rigs, I think it can be really handy and helpful. Uh, most situations I'm fishing in, it's not that effective. If, let's say you're fishing this big um, rock pile, and you want to throw at it, some at them a little different than they've seen, maybe. Yeah, that little Z-Man Turbo Cross might come in handy, but yeah, it's kind of tough to find the ideal situation for those. You kind of end up throwing them when you shouldn't, and then when they might work, <clears throat> when they might work a little better, you don't really suspect it because they're probably biting on anything. I think they have a time and place. Uh, I haven't really found that time and place, to be honest with you. And then they have that TRD hog. So everything they use with Nedrig is labeled TRD beforehand as kind of a size indicator. Uh, so everything with TRD is meant to fit on a Ned because they have the, you know, the Ned TRD, which is like that little two and three quarter inch worm that a lot of people use. And then they have the big TRD, which is for, uh, I think they call it, yeah, big TRD, um, 
that's a four inch worm, I believe. And then the monster, oh, it's not the monster. It is the big word. It's uh, not monster, but something similar. Uh, and that's a seven inch uh, TRD. But then everything else at the TRD label is just for the size. So they have the turbo cross, the hogs. I want to say the goat. There's a couple more. I'm going to look again. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to talk about the Turbo Cross. So the Turbo Cross is pretty much a miniature uh, soft plastic craw. And, you know, a lot of people use it on smallmouth bites or whenever the fish are feeding on the, uh, obviously, crawfish. So they can really kind of match the hatch, as some would say. And I really don't like saying that, but honestly, it's true. It's 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 true, man. Um, so they have the Crusties, which is a kind of a bigger... Um, a bigger fatter craw imitation they have the pro craw which is like i think those are new i think it's really new but they look just like a crawfish they are very detailed i think they're a little harder to really thread on that uh, and that root hook really good so you can use those for other applications then they have the punch craws which are a little longer and slender compared to the turbo craws uh, they have the turbo craws which have like the big flapping claws and then they have the just a trd craws uh, which have the actual pinchers, so you kind of get a little bit of anything you want with those. Uh, let's check out their worms. I'm really, I really want to know what the big one is called. The giant TRD worm. I was so close, dude. Um, so they got all sorts of worms you could really throw on there. The bang sticks, the hula hula sticks, uh, which has a little skirt on it at the end. You know, it's just kind of cut in like fours and kind of puffed out, or you could throw really anything on there let's take a look at some more of these uh soft plastics i de i'm definitely missing some and it's kind of bothering me oh the boar hogs the boar hogs are pretty cool i like the boar hogs um kind of has the body of the hogs but instead of having like the little uh legs on the end that don't really do anything this one has like the big twister tails well not that big but kind of crazy and uh then they have the TRD bugs, which looks like a little creature bait. Uh, kind of, you know, it has that beaver style with the little flappers on the back, but that they don't really do anything because that's how they're designed. And they have the, the TRD hogs, which looks like a little bug. And then you guys know, like the tail end of a of a pig, how it has like the big, you know, big long or not really long, but like short stout legs. It kind of looks like that on the back of uh, a little rib body with some appendages on it. And then they have the trick shots. The trick shots I've used before, uh, it's meant for drop shotting. I don't think it makes a very good drop shot bait, but it goes pretty good on a Ned Rig. I use it a lot in the Cricks. Um, it's like a little minnow-shaped thing with a little uh, thing on the tail. It's kind of hard to explain. And then the goat is like a twin-tail grub that kind of kicked back and forth. So you have all sorts of options with the Z-Man as far as plastics go on your Ned Rig. Let's see. Let's go by. Um, we're gonna shop by technique specific, and we're gonna go Ned Rig Plastics and see what kind of crazy stuff we can find. Um, this I didn't really think I'd be doing this, but here we are. We're gonna take a look and see if we can find anything crazy. <laughs> so, the ten thousand fish Sakoshi bug is one of those that's a little out there. It's a big beefy profile, ribbed. Um, doesn't really have much on the tail end. Kind of looks like a little. I don't want. It looks like the face of a crawfish, but without the claws. It's kind of weird. So, 
Yeah, let's keep looking. The rattling Ned. So it's like the TRD with a rattle in it. I'm not a big fan of those. Uh, I can tell, tell you guys why later. They make little little worms with a tail on them. The missile baits Ned Bomb. I've used those before. They work pretty well. They're just not as durable. Um, they have a Rage Bug Ned. They have a Rage Cutter and Rage Tail Ned. They have a UV Whisker Ned bait. So it's a Ned with some little strands of uh, skirt going through it. And the X-Zone one is called a Pro Series Ned Zone Stick Bait. So it didn't have a fancy name like I thought it did. The Yum Ned Craw. The Yum Ned Minnow, which looks weird. It looks like a legit minnow. I don't know how you'd catch fish on it if it doesn't really have that action. But I guess neither does the uh, TRD itself. So let's talk about... What was I going to talk about? Ooh, these. The Guggen Baits Rattling Ned. So, if you guys know, Guggen is a huge um, player in the bass fishing world that came out probably a couple years ago. I want to say three years ago. And they make really good baits. Don't get me wrong. I think Guggen makes really good baits. Uh, they're out of my budget. Like, they are, unless they're on sale, I'm not buying Guggen. Uh, for one, their plastic is super soft, so it gets great action. It's not that durable. Uh, you probably get a fish or two to every bait which is a big no for me. I want something a little more durable, similar action. So their action is insane. I'm not going to knock them with that. But the durability of their uh, baits for the cost of it, it's a huge no for me. And if you ask me, their net is no different. It's, it doesn't last that long. The rattle doesn't really do too much. And then it doesn't float uh, like the elastic does. So I had a case uh, of, uh, you know, Ned's. The Guggen Bates Neds. I really like the clam uh, shell fitting. Or like the, the clam shells that your baits come in. I really like that. I hate how it stores though. It's so hard to store that stuff. But I like that it kept the baits you know, individual without any kinks in them or anything like that. Uh, so I really like clam shell like in general. Um, but it's super hard to store. So like clam shells for your Kitex swim baits. Huge. Biggest pain in the butt ever. I hate that with a passion. But... You know, you got to do what you got to do to keep your baits looking all right. So, yeah, Guggen is known for that too. So, uh, that's kind of my take on Guggen. They make good stuff as far as soft plastics go. I have never tried any of their hard baits. I've heard mediocre things about the hard baits, but their soft plastics, pretty good. They kind of they kind of nailed it. They kind of got a lot of the needs covered. Uh, the Crack and Craw and the Bandito Bug, probably the two of my favorites. But... It's just, you know, like I said, not durable enough for what you're paying for it, but great action. Um, during a tournament, if I'm throwing a creature bait, you know, probably 8 out of 10 times it's going to be a bandito bug for now until I really get confidence in the uh, some other, other baits. One bait that is up-and-coming confidence in my tackle box is the Missile Baits D-Bomb. I love Missile Baits. They make great stuff. Um, they're they get great action on their plastic, but it's a little more durable than Guggenbaits, and it's also cheap. Well, I don't say cheap, but it's a little more cost-effective, and it's made in the USA. If you guys should know one thing about me, it's I love made-in-the-USA stuff. Uh, they're a smaller company, too, which I love, and they, they just make really good stuff. I like everything I have from them. I have some of their drop shot baits, some of their quiver worms, uh, and obviously their... D bombs, and I continue to try to keep growing my uh, arsenal of missile baits because they make fantastic stuff. Um, 
Actually, I hope to reach out to John Cruz very soon, and hopefully he's down to come on for a podcast, which would be huge uh, because we're not that big yet. I don't know if you guys realize. Yeah, we're we're approaching a thousand all time listens or like all time uh, views, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but we're nowhere near, I'd say, uh, to have a you know professional bass angler come on who started a really successful bait company, but. Hey, man, if we could do it, we could do it. That'd be super sweet. Um, stay tuned for next week's episode. We got Adam. Or we, I, I think we're going to get together sometime this week, and we have Adam from Relevant Sunglasses. It is a local sunglasses company. They make super cool stuff, and I really look forward to talking with him. Uh, I'm super curious about how they made everything. Like They have stuff like Oakley, Costa, and all those big other big companies. They have stuff they don't even have. It's crazy to me. Um, check them out. It's RLVNT sunglasses. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. Uh, I'm just saying, like, their stuff is super cool. Just check them out. Like, yeah. So I'm going to have Adam. I believe he's the CEO. It's a fairly local um, company. So it's, like, from around, from where I'm from. So that's super cool. Uh, and hopefully he'll be on. We talk to him about uh, whatever floats his boat. You know, we can talk about his technology and into, you know, how, how he continued to advance his products to get him to where they are now because what he has now is a very cool product. Uh, he even has lenses that will change colors as, like, your lighting condition changes, which is crazy to me. That's so crazy. Uh, I look forward to asking him all sorts of questions about that. So I'll uh, see you guys next week. Thanks, Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this Ned Rig episode. It went longer than I expected. I never realized I could talk this long by myself. Um, but I really got into talking about Ned Rigs because I love it so much. You know, if you're a beginner angler, I would 10 out of 10 recommend the Ned Rig. Uh, you can gain confidence in your fishing abilities and also catch the, some of those big fish at the same time. So that's it for this week. Uh, upcoming weeks, I'm going to have some more uh, lures we, or at least I really like. And hopefully continue to have special guests on. Uh, maybe I'll get some of my buddies on here. And we can continue talking fishing. Because it's what it is right now. It's fishing season. We're a long gun turkey season. And we're a long way from duck season. So with that being said. This is uh this is Dinwelly. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And God bless.